my new theory is like Zachariah was maybe a little annoying and needed to be struck mute in order for Elizabeth to like <laughs> get on with it, you know. Like she was she was praying in the background. I think just, I think shut he, him up. I'm I'm wondering if like maybe he recited prayers during <laughs> sex or something where she was like, you know what? We're just not gonna finish this. And like I really think there was something about him being mute that led to the child that had not happened before. That's my working nice. theory at this point. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. She wasn't really into it before that. Next level. Welcome to episode 212 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Ogan Holder, Shannon Weston, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be one of these fine pub theology live pint glasses. You can get yours when you become a subscriber at patreon.com slash ptlive. Um, starting at $7 a month, uh, we'll send you one of these as a, as a thank you for your patronage. Um, and when you become a subscriber, you get some thrilling, thrilling pre and post show content. Like today's uh, pre-show involves um, some really fascinating football talk, which to me sounds like a trombone being played. Um, and we, we witnessed just a beautiful, sweet marital moment between Shannon and Derek. Um, I, so. I, I've heard plenty of very beautiful trombone pieces. Thank you <laughs> Shout out to Trombone Shorty. Um, so yes, patreon.com slash ptlive. And thank you to our current sponsors. This week we're talking about getting fired, bad parenting, mostly those two go together, and the incarnation. So nice. what are we drinking? Ogan, what are you drinking nice, today? Nice, nice. Um, I have a sweet baby Jesus. Oh, dear Lord, baby Jesus. Chocolate peanut butter porter Yum. by Duclaw. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers. And it'll be interesting because I love peanut butter. I love chocolate. I don't love them together in candy form. So I'm not a big Reese's uh, person. I know I got, I got a weird palate, man. Have you never had sweet baby Jesus before? I have not. Even I've had it. Sweet Lord. Very out of my wheelhouse. Duclaw out of Baltimore. Alta Balmer. So yeah. Balmer. Balmer. Chocolate peanut butter porter. Beer, eight pound, six ounce. Newborn infant Jesus. Brian, what are you drinking? Something blue and yellow? Hey, you nailed it. I am still <laughs> riding high after my Michigan Wolverines, our Big Ten champs, and for the first time ever, going to the college football playoffs. So I've got a haze and blue, a juicy New England IPA by Big Lake Brewing, brewed right here in Holland. Mm. I am um, stepping out of my box a little. Um, I have a Devil's Backbone Brewing Company's Naughty or Nice. You're naughty. Um, which is a cold IPA. Oh. I know. Yes. Yes. Don't go so, over to the dark side. Don't go I, over. I know. I'm very skeptical. Um, but it's 7%. And that was the highest content beer we had in our fridge. And I needed the highest content beer we had in our okay. fridge. Exactly. So I'm going with Naughty or Nice today. Speaking of speaking of high content, this one's only six percent. Unlike that one I had last week, which we discovered. I love how you're like only six percent. Oh, like, remember last week? The one I had was like fifteen percent or I something swear, like, ridiculous I, like that. That's not beer. If it's fifteen percent alcohol, I don't know that that's beer anymore. <laughs> insane. That's some form of liquor. Yeah. How did your evening book study go? Were you a little bit uh, all over the page? He was falling asleep. I listen, man. I was I was feeling that till like nine thirty that night. It I was bet. crazy. I bet. <laughs> No joke. No joke. And had I had I looked at the label, I would not have chosen it for that occasion. I would have saved it for tonight when I have nothing planned for after this. Right. But yeah. Ooh, it I, smells very, very hoppy. I didn't realize this uh, New England IPA featuring citron mosaic hops is also brewed with real 
Michigan blueberries. <laughs> of course it is. There you go. This is brewed with lots of hops. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Great beer face. Mm. Also, I like this. I like this. The the peanut butter. I'm not getting much peanut butter. Subtle. Subtle. I ain't getting none at all. But, it's like a chocolate border, really, but like, yeah. you, you know. So I'll live. I'll be yeah, happy. Remind me where Duclaw is, Ogan? Balmer. It's in Balmer. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. <laughs> so is so is Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. No, actually, I take it back. That's in Lexington, Virginia. Around, I was going to say, I was thinking that was a Virginia. Just yeah. around the corner, around, um, around the river. Over in the, the river. neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Over the river, through the woods. Through the woods to Lexington, Virginia. On to today's topics. Um, so if you had to choose only one to enjoy over the holidays, would it be eggnog or mulled wine? Hmm. Eggnog all the way, baby. Y'all know I love me some eggnog. I was going to say, you haven't whipped out the eggnog yet. Listen, because I'm trying, listen, I'm trying to keep the 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 usual holiday weight gain under control until <laughs> I get to Barbados. Eggnog will not help with that. Eggnog will not help. And when I, when I get to Barbados, I'm not just going to fall off the wagon. The wagon's going to back up over me and drag me a couple hundred yards. It's going to be bad because because the, the 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 three B's that always mess me up, beach, beer and bread. Right. So so longtime listeners know my my grandmother's rest or rest in peace, rest in power, bless her soul. She started a bakery eons ago. It is one of the most popular bakeries on the island of Barbados and uh, there's like a guest house that sits on top of the bakery and that's where we stay so we wake up like 5 5 30 every morning with the smell of fresh bread wafting up and there's pastries and there's all sorts of stuff and i eat myself stupid uh great local beers and rum and all of those while just lying on the beach so 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 there's going to be weight gain so i can't i'm trying to but i will do eggnog for our final uh our final episode before Christmas. Which is next week, by the way. No, two weeks. Never mind. We got two more. Two weeks. Two weeks from now. Yeah. I love that he says he's being careful while drinking a chocolate peanut butter porter. <laughs> exactly. Listen, man. <laughs> trust me. Still less calories than eggnog. A three hundred calorie beer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> still less calories than eggnog because I'm gonna because if I was drinking eggnog, I'd be putting some rum or bourbon or whiskey right. in it. So. Right. You know, yeah. So what? Yeah, what's your preferred way to have eggnog? Like, I think I've usually just gotten the like pre-mixed kind where the alcohol's already in it. Ew, gross. No, and don't no. don't do that. No, and it was also- really good. It, it listen, it had it had brandy, rum, and either whiskey or bourbon, and it was amazing. So um, I usually do like rum and whiskey, or like or or maybe bourbon and whiskey so you know whiskey will give you that bite um and 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 rum whiskey or brandy yeah but i don't drink it i don't drink eggnog Mm. and i'm allergic to red wine so i don't drink red wine either so you're missing out out. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a sad christmas yeah exactly i wouldn't (laughs) be drinking and i would just drink the whiskey and the brandy out of the eggnog there you go i would have i would like them separated i would like my whiskey on the side then i would just sip that (laughs) and if you're gonna buy eggnog don't buy those horrible like grocery store brands of like high fructose corn syrup and all that mess no 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 find find a local farm or or a grocery store that 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 gets it from a local farm and and they should be at least uh, no more than five ingredients in there yeah. you know cream egg sugar you know your, so if you're your, in baltimore uh, go to yeah. mom's organics and get your eggnog there 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 you that's, go that's where you get it that's um, good to know good to know yeah don't buy that su- and really don't buy that southern comfort crap that isn't even refrigerated in your liquor store oh <laughs> yeah yeah we're so judging you brian so that'll judging. last you through the apocalypse i mean it will right like i'm like it's a dairy drink that isn't refrigerated i'm not okay with that <laughs> you could probably put that in your car's gas tank exactly and run the car run, like <laughs> oh we're out of oil you know all right so brian what would you drink well i think i'd go with the eggnog i mean i like a mold wine um i don't know that i've ever actually had it even when i drank red wine i don't know that i ever actually had a mold like wine. that served warm right it's in that warm and this it's isn't that a northern is that a northern thing it's warmed it's warmed. It's got more spices. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually probably would you like that more that. around Thanksgiving than Christmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But see, I'm a cider girl. Like, give me cider with stuff in it. Yeah. 
That's what I want. Yeah. But again, I, I like that ends at Thanksgiving for some reason. Right, That's, right, exactly. I say drink whatever you want whenever well, you want. Well, there's no reason why it ends after Thanksgiving. There's no reason why cider and and I like brandy and bourbon in my cider. Actually, you know what's great? Okay, if you're doing cider, I'm going to tell you guys like the the secret. Yeah. Go get yourself. I'm I'm from Kentucky, so this is the very, most Kentucky thing I'm going to say ever. <laughs> Go get yourself some apple flavored moonshine and put it in that cider. Nice. It is so freaking good. Like apple, there's a brand, I forget it, that makes an apple pie moonshine. Oh my God. Put that and in your cider. And you add that to the cider and you oh, are, you are riding. That is, it. that is heaven. That is nice. heaven right there. Oh, and don't ever even try it straight. Don't even pretend to try it. <clears throat> oh my God. It's disgusting. But it but works it, in the cider. In the cider. It's the best. Oh, and that's no better God. than like just doing like a, a you know, a, a bottom shelf whiskey or bourbon. Yeah. Like we also have an apple brandy in the house. So we put the apple brandy in the apple cider. Like it gives it a little sweetness, but you have to be careful not to have too much artificial apple. That's what I was that wondering. ruins it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, I don't know what it is about this apple pie. Also, moonshine. also, also matches. No matches around the moonshine. <laughs> that that stuff you can run cars on. I was gonna say. Speaking of running your car, when I first started seeing moonshine like in the stores a couple years ago, I was like, "What the hell are people thinking?" Yeah. Like I have had real. Like I grew up with real moonshine. Like people made this shit. Yeah. Like still, from prohibition, they were still making it in their mm. farms and whatever that was and a medicine like, when you were a kid well and like we drank it as teenagers it was disgusting oh my god it's pure just ugh. anyway yeah. don't do it don't don't do it even even whatever they have in the store don't buy it don't do but it kids put it in your cider all right a ceo called a meeting with 900 members of the workforce via zoom last week asshole <laughs> he said <laughs> If you're on this call, you're part of an unlucky group that is being laid off. Your employee, your employment here is terminated effective immediately. You're fired. The name of the company, better.com. Oh no. Discuss the manner and timing of the layoff. I mean, do better.com. That's awful. So, so the other piece that makes this even more, more like, like disgusting is that they had just gotten an influx of like $750 million in, in, in funding. Yes, they really? did. They had the money. <laughs> yeah, their, their stock value, their company valuation is like north of a billion now because of this influx that Ogun's talking and, about. And, and, and to pile on, like when some people were objecting about it, like apparently he sends out an email that says, you know, some of y'all like working two hours a day and getting paid for eight. So yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's had was, a history of being kind of nasty. Dude was unrelentless. So what does better.com do? Like, I don't want to infomercial for him, but like. This thing's a real estate. Isn't it real estate? I think it is. A, yeah. It's either yeah. mortgage or real estate. Yeah. See, my mind totally went to like one of these online therapy. Oh, no, like, that's betterhelp.com. Right. But like, that's <laughs> right. Like, but that's where my mind went. Better.com. Maybe, maybe he should become a client of betterhelp.com. Exactly. <laughs> so, by the way, I am part of a denomination that does this regularly. Oh, yeah. Say more. So, we, um, it is well known. Call up, that call up people on Zoom and fire them that are national offices, um, you will know when firing day is, and you don't know when you walk into work, whether or not your computer is gonna be, whether you're gonna be locked out of your computer and a pink slip will be on your desk. What? We are, this Whoa. is the way our denomination fires people. And this is a Christian denomination. This right? is a Christian <laughs> denomination, a mainline wow. Christian denomination. And this is wow. how they feel it is best served to tell, to do mass layoffs. Yeah. In the spirit of Christ, wipe the dust off your shoes and get out of here. Exactly. Like you don't, you know, you, you better, you better have backed up, you know, whatever's on your computer that you were working Jesus. on. Oh, yeah. wow. So That's this harsh. is, this is a, like, this is a common practice. Now, have either of you ever been fired? No. Yeah. Or let go, I guess. I've been fired. I've been fired. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> both, both, both under unfair circumstances. Ah. <laughs> I should like to say the first, the first job I was fired from, I was actually working at, at, at the gym care attendant. So I was, I was going, you know, I go to the gym. I joy was joy. 
not even a year yet. Um, I remember this is right before 9-11 happened. I'm living in the DC area. Um, so I'd go to the gym, put Joy in, in childcare. And then I saw him advertising to be needed childcare attendant. I was stay at home dad at the time. So I was like, let me do that job. I mean, I'm here all the time. I'm raising my kid. Let me do it. So I was working there. And apparently some of the moms felt a little uncomfortable leaving their child with a male uh, attendant. Um, and they complained that I wasn't engaging enough with the children. And I'm, yeah. So they they came up with a bunch of stuff. And, and the boss of the place, who incidentally was someone who attended the same church I did, didn't even like have a discussion with me about how I could improve or what the complaints were. He just called me and said, yeah, we're gonna have to let you go. I'm like, uh, for what exactly? Yeah. So that happened. And your, your employment here is terminated effective immediately. Pretty much, pretty much, <laughs> pretty I much. You, I've had you fire people that way. Oh, I would do that too. I've, I've, I've had to let, I've had oh, to let go. Man, you've been on both ends. Yeah. Well, I, I, so I've never, I've never been fired. Maybe I should have been sometimes, but you know, <laughs> um, I don't know what that's about, but I haven't, I've never been fired. I've never been let go. I've always, um, given notice and left, left of your own volition, left of my own volition. Um, I've never really even had a job where like, I don't, I, anyway, whatever. All right. um, have you have you have either of you quit a job just like i'm done i'm out have you ever I've quit, quit i've resigned uh like committees that way like i'm done <laughs> brian what about you have you been fired have you ever been i'm fired trying or? to think i feel like maybe i, I like had at some point been. but nothing's coming to mind like <laughs> What That's what that? it sounded like. <laughs> the way you looked, it's like I'm trying to think, guy. And then I said, I, I feel like I must have been. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was when I was in seminary. The job I had was I was a dog walker through a company called Pet Sitters Plus. So I would show up to people's homes and and all kinds all kinds of different houses and dogs, and I would just like take their dog for a walk around the neighborhood, and it was such a fun and interesting job. Um, but I was not fired, thankfully. <laughs> and I'm not a dog sound, person. This definitely sounds like a pre.com bubble. Yeah. <laughs> like a pets.com sort Pet of thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so yeah. Um, I, I think I'm in the clear. So we got we gotta do the bonus questions because because we were we were this is what happens when you come late for the pre-show. We were trying to figure out how to include these and no, we were no, like I, all I'm, under bad, bad employee situations. I'm for the bonus questions, but I, I want to spend just a second on the fact that I have had to call an employee in and say, you are fired immediately multiple yeah. times. Have you? Like I have now I've never done it with 900 people at one time. I've never <laughs> done a mass layoff. Actually, that's not true. We did have to do a mass layoff in COVID. Um, uh, but we like lots of notice, like I've never said you are terminated effective immediately, except for two times. Um, and that there was genuine serious reason why you need to hand over your key and get out of the building. Like, um, and, and even then there was severance considered, uh. like, um, your last pay will be this day. We're going to go ahead and pay you for that time, even though there was cause, there was mm -hmm. still generosity in the cause that like you were expecting your next paycheck, you're gonna get your next paycheck, but there will not be any more after that. That is the harshest I've ever had to do. Now, have but you ever used like a Donald Trump voice to say you're fired? God, no. You're Those fired. are the most awkward, horrible conversations I know, I've I, ever course. had in my life. Oh, that's gotta be the worst. That especially as a two on the Enneagram, that's got to like rip your soul Oh my God, apart. you have no idea. You have no idea. Like you have no idea how hey. much you're like, I tried to help you. It's it's not <laughs> you fun didn't for- You did help yourself. It's not fun for a conflict avoid nine either, okay? True. Well, because you know that we're the church and we gave you 10 chances before we got to this. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you went over backwards. So I guess I've never been in the position where like you had no idea this was coming. Right. Um, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. The, you never got, locked someone out from their computer and they didn't see it coming. <laughs> he had it coming. All right. So 
Um, bonus question. A plumber found a stash of cash behind, cash behind a toilet in Joel Olstein's church in Texas. The church had lost around $600,000 in 2004. There is no question here, just bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so bonus, Ogan, tell us more about the situation. So, so, oh. Uh, so who's so calling Joel Olstein in the office and firing him immediately? <laughs> seriously. Wait, read the bonus bonus too, because they're all related. All right. Here's bonus bonus. Still not a question. Clergy are quitting and resigning at a very high rate due to ongoing stress of pastoring during the pandemic. Listen, I period. come up with the period. I come up with the ideas. Brian does the writing. So oh, that's, a, that's no. a throw, throwing listen, under the bus. Listen, before you go on to this one, the Austin is considering retitling his book, Your Best Flush Now. No. <laughs> Friends, this is that. what happens when I'm not around. To it only gets worse. Bring the questions about. Um, we got to get you. You got to You got to come early to the pre-show. This is what happens when you're not around. Uh, so, so we were. This is all talking about like bad employment situations, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So if if unless you have missed this, uh, you know, it's always a fun day when Joel Osteen is trending, and he was trending a few days ago because some plumber calls into like a radio show and says he was working at the church. There was a toilet that was like like loose, and he's trying to fix the toilet. And he notices there's, a, there's like a hole or something behind the toilet in the wall. And there's all these envelopes <clears throat> with cash, mostly uh, checks and some credit card slips. You know, so he reports it, um, you know, to his supervisor and the police. And there's, there's going to be an investigation. But it turns out, like in 2014, the church reported like $600,000. By the way, that $600,000, one weekend's take. <laughs> Yeah, on weekend. Yeah, but wasn't it reported stolen? From it was reported stolen. Joel safe. Olstein's safe. That's the, at least the way the article made it sound. So, so I don't know if it was his like personal safe, but the office safe. So you know, like a lot of churches will like you know when they get the offering, they'll throw it in the safe, and then like on Monday somebody comes in and does all the reckoning and whatever. Or so, if you're a small church, you just throw it in a drawer. You just throw <laughs> exactly. it in a drawer. You just zip the envelope. Or somebody takes it home. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, yeah, there's that too. I've also been in that church Yeah, where somebody just opens their purse and it just goes in and you're like, I'll bring uh, it back to, I'll bring it back tomorrow. I don't know that that's right. It's not safe for the church. I'll take it home and bring it back tomorrow. I'll I'll take it home and count it while my teenage kids are playing around. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) So yeah, so 600 grand was reported stolen from the church in 2014 and you know, nothing had ever come of it. So all of a sudden so are, we find all this money. Are we somehow implying that he had something to do with it? Who? He meaning he. the janitor or no, 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 no. I so so I the think running the guy at the toilets just fixing the toilet. If you so so, yeah. so the reason so so part of why this is come coming under the like the bad employee situation or bad bad manager situation is so this guy's working for the church he finds his money he turns it in he's not as far as i know to this date he's reported not gotten a call from the church to say like hey thank you for finding some money or whatever and he's also not gotten the reward that was posted back in the day for this 600 grand so he's like crickets coming for for this guy this plumber who's found this money and how much was the reward uh it was like 25 grand uh, for information around this stolen money. And of course, you know, we're all thinking it's an inside job because, you know, it. The, so the, who's steal? Okay. Because it was just... literally inside the church. It was literally inside the church. So what? the running theory is somebody who worked at the church, who had a combination of safe, stole the money, hid it in the walls to come back for it later. And for whatever reason, that just didn't happen. Wow. That's the running theory. Wow. So, so we got that. So we got that bad situation of like the plumber's coming to work for you. He finds your money. Like, thank the guy, you know, just don't leave him. I've got so many questions. Like there are so many questions. There are so many questions. And then the other thing about clergy quitting and resigning, right? So again, like, I think we've mentioned this off and on before, but there was a recent article in, in Sojourners about, you know, we've heard about the great resignation. People are like, I deserve better than what I've been putting up with all this time so i'm quitting you got to make it better for me to keep showing up and clergy are joining this present present company included um around this so 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 the 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 overall big question was around like like you know crappy employment 
and employee so situations? What do we do I, about this? I had this discussion. I've had this discussion twice in the last week and I, I've had it multiple times, you know, with clergy. And, and I've said that I believe that every clergy person will transition jobs one way or another in the next five years because the people that we are serving right now are the face of the pandemic for us. And the people that we have served, we are the face of the pandemic for them. And there's only so much we're gonna be able to take from mass trauma, collective trauma, that we're all gonna need a change. It's so you're just- saying you're not saying all those clergy are gonna quit being a pastor or clergy person, but they'll switch congregations at the least. At the least. Yeah. In the next it's sometime in the next five years. If you're like wow. me, you're sitting there going, we need to get back to stability. We need to get back to like, <laughs> like all of us need to be, we need more stability than what we have now. My life can't handle saying I quit. Your church can't handle this church can't handle. I quit. Right. But there's, but, but the pandemic started a clock on all of us. Wow. Whether or not we were ready to right? Mm, interesting. It was, that, it was, that's my I call belief. it, I call it the great disruptor and the great accelerator. Yeah. We, we were we were getting we were going to get here eventually, but this just sped everything up. Now, then I had we had two people. We had two very, very close friends over for the game because only close friends can watch that game with us because we are not nice. during. <laughs> That's a sacred space. It is. It is a sacred space to watch Derek and I and a confidential it. space. What happens here stays for here. new listeners. Watch. Remind them what game because uh-huh. in Michigan was... people hear the game and think something else. No, no, no. It's the Raven Steelers game. And in our house, that means my husband and I become arch mortal, rivals, mortal enemies, mortal enemies for four hours. And yeah. so it has to be a very special. You can't just invite anybody over for that game. Right. Yeah. So so we invite my best friend and her and her boyfriend over. And um, but they work for a, a large corporation that they have worked for almost all of their career. She has worked for her, her entire career. By the way, are they still your friends? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like, there's no, oh, no, no, no. They, they're they the only ones invited to this. They're, they're at this level where they're, they're the friendship level where this is not surprising to them. Anybody not only is else. it not surprising, it's genuinely amusing for them, yeah, right? Like, it's also they come for the entertainment. They come to watch us, not the game, right? Gotcha. Okay, all right, um, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were snacks. We had a great time. Um, and, but they, like, we, we just touched on this subject and both of them who previous to the pandemic, yes, high stressful jobs, but loved their jobs, loved their jobs. And both of them are like, yep, can't wait to quit any day now. Like if yeah. I could quit my job today, I would. So it's, it's, it really is all of us. It really is. Yeah. It's across fields. Yeah. And I That's just true. think even if you're so obviously this guy, well, and then I read an article, I should have shared it with you guys. It was about um, how working from home, like not all not all workers' gifts are productivity, but sometimes it's the peacemaker in the room that's going around making, you know, making the, the conflict within the office okay. So maybe their productivity isn't as high, but they give another, they have another mm-hmm. gift to share. Yeah. or et cetera, et cetera. And how the pandemic and working from home undoes all that. And so only the employees who are super productive are valuable to a company right now. The rest um, get called onto a Zoom meeting. Exactly. 900 <laughs> of them, apparently. Anyway, I just think it's uber, super complicated. And, you know, I heard the other day and I was in Kohl's getting something real quick. And like, you know, one of the Kohl's, some man was complaining about the line. And I'm like, dude, it's freaking Christmas. Like, the line is what it is. Like, just get over it. And by the way, there were like five people in it. If I've seen it wrapped around the store before and he was complaining and you know, the woman said what everybody says, right? What do they say? Nobody wants to work anymore. They want to get paid to sit at home. And I looked at the woman checking me out and I was like, I would love to get paid to sit at home. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you just like loved? Why would you go to work if you could get paid to sit at home? Like, Stop saying that like it's a bad thing. Like that's great. Good for you people. Well, how do I get onto that? You know. Anyway, like stop saying that like it's there's some moral fa- failing on their part. Well, I, right. I I think I think like shut uh, up. I, I, again, this this is <clears throat> I think this is a realization that employers <laughs> didn't do a good job of and and 
to sort of save them, they didn't know they would have to. Because remember, when everything first started shutting down, we were, it was just going to be a few weeks and then a few months, right? And now uh, I was telling Brian in the pre-show, can you believe 2021 is almost over and it still feels like 2020 in so many ways? Um, we didn't, a, a lot of employers really didn't do a good job of realizing the traumatic effects that this pandemic was having on everyone <clears throat> from, you know, from the most menial of jobs to the most like overpaid of executives and and what are we going to put in place to support people um who are feeling the effects of of the trauma of this pandemic even if we're not clear what that is now um yeah so like it's and, and there's still places that still haven't done that and i'll just say that like i think even if your company or whoever you work for if your employer handled it well I mean, really, like, I think even if they handled it well, you're still feeling this way. Oh, of course. Like, uh, this is a universal feeling. It, um, it is. It, yeah. it, it is. It is. And the impetus be behind my leaving was, was again, you know, one of the things the Sojourner's article talked about was, uh, you know, the the quote I loved was, was pastors and clergy are, are upending this narrative that loyalty to the church trumps their own feeling of of um life satisfaction right it's 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 just like unspoken even though many people say to their pastors like you and your family and your life take priority over church a lot of them don't treat their pastors that way and there's the expectation that the church comes first and and my thing was like yeah no it doesn't but there was a line about up ending this idea that because of loyalty to the church we're just going to put up with with bullying and abuse yeah. um from from congregants from staff from board members all that sort of stuff and we're like no we're we're not and and between between people responding to the pandemic between uh in my situation having to sell the bill in the year before and a lot of stuff uh you know me being a predominantly white church with people who didn't necessarily feel comfortable with me talking about racism and stuff it's like there was a lot of stuff coming my way and i was like you know what life is too short like i want to be in a yeah. job that i love but i shouldn't have to i shouldn't have to feel like i shouldn't have to feel like i'm being like targeted and to be clear not everybody was like that but there were enough who were that it and, did not make it worthwhile. And let's yeah. also be clear, not one, not everybody who isn't going back to work is getting paid to sit at home. A lot of people Facts. are saying life is too short. We know that now more than ever. Yes. And it, I, I have to ask a lot of questions about my life, especially two household incomes where majority of that second income was going to childcare. Like, or people who were close to retirement that were like, I don't actually need this money anymore. I just do it because I was working for a couple more years. That was the plan or whatever. Like, of course, none of those people are going back to work. Yeah. Yeah. So moving to a different difficult subject. Um, the day before the Oxford shooting, a teacher at Oxford High reported that the student was searching for an ammunition on his phone, was searching for ammunition on his phone. The school reached out to his mother, but never heard back. The mother later, text, later texted her son about the episode. LOL, I'm not going to get mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. After news of the active shooter at school, the mother texted, Ethan, don't do it. Discuss the role of parenting in this tragedy and how it perhaps could have been avoided. Well, given the given the parents in this tragedy i don't think this could have been avoided because because they were they were clearly they were clearly in many ways enablers and i'm pretty sure like any other parent they're like not my kid right like sure we've 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 fostered and supported this love of guns and shooting and so on and so forth but not my kid sure we've talked about you know xyz but not my kid uh i think i think we you know we talk about the apple not falling far from the tree i think sometimes we forget that when the apple falls the seeds come out and a tree is planted <laughs> right yeah and i mean 
So this happened on Tuesday, I believe it was November 30, right? So Giving Tuesday, the Tuesday after Black Friday. They his parents bought him this gun on Black Friday. He's 15. Mm-hmm. He's and there's ample opportunities. Yeah. He gets caught searching for ammunition on his phone at school. Okay, red flag there. And then the day of the shooting that morning, he's drawing a picture of a person dead and bleeding, a gun, a bullet. Um, and I forget the words. Um, one was like, help me. One was like, the world is nothing but darkness and it's meaningless. And his parents with him were called to the principal's office that morning. Yeah. And he was allowed to return to class bag unsearched with the gun same day yeah you know somebody who like i is a is a colleague wrote plain and simple just put every every single middle school needs to have metal detectors every single middle and high school needs to have metal detectors and i'm like even just just my response was like the headache of that can you imagine hundreds and hundreds of kids i mean inner city kids do it all the time like can you imagine hundreds and hundreds of kids having to walk through metal detectors on a regular like the personnel that requires the blah blah blah. like and i'm not saying it's not worth it if if one person doesn't die like that's not what i'm saying but we keep trying to find these like simple solutions right Right. it's simple it's simple we just do this we're trying to find that deals with everything but the guns yes we're trying to find band-aids for chronic illness (laughs) right like what I mean, yeah. you're telling me that all the schools that have metal detectors in them, which there are ample number, I would love to see a study that it actually prevents shootings. My guess is it doesn't, right? Like, yeah. well, right, because because then the shootings occur outside the school, or or other types of violence occur yeah. in, in in inside of the schools. But in but... terms of parenting, I you know, Ogan, your <clears throat> your point is, you know, it's very, it's really scary. I will say this as a parent, um, you know, our, our kids happen, um, happen, just happen, just randomly happen to be fairly compassionate and good people, right? Well, like, well, listen, just today, and I say this all the time, just today, when somebody com- compliments me about how well my daughter turned out, how well a job I did, I say, thank you. And the jury's still out. She's only 21. <laughs> Yes and take no. A turn. Yes and no, right? Like I yeah. I see kids in my kids' classes that I look at and I go, if they're if, like, I'm sorry, but this is kind of my scanning. Like, if there was a shit kid that would uh shoot up their high school, it would be that one, mm-hmm. right? And you can see their parents and you can see them and you can see how you could yeah. you can straight line. <laughs> straight line, you can see an elementary school. Now you hope and pray to God that that never happens. Right. But there is a, a t- and, and I don't, I'm not trying to say that we typecast those people and follow them or like, this isn't, what, what was that movie with Tom Cruise? Minor, minority, minority, minority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying anything like that. Right. Yeah. But I am saying that like schools are equipped to look for these things and we haven't given an authority to teachers, schools, whatever, to, raise even more flags to say, you know what, I think you should actually go home today because they think that response will actually elicit a school shooting, right? That if they, if they upset the parents, then it's more likely to happen. And I was, and this is what I was alluding to uh, in the pre-show, Brian, I were talking about this a little, the the schools are in a tough place, right? Because I mean, teenage angst is teenage angst, right? Yeah. And and, and it is real. It is real. (laughs) And to what extent is it like, we need to send you home and put you on watch versus like you just need to go to the counselor versus like you know you know what what i'm saying attention seeking right like right exactly which is natural and like i mean every teenager wants to be seen and known and heard and blah 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 and like in a lot of ways even searching for ammo is this kid's trying to connect to whatever but then you hear the rest of the story and you're just like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there were no. so many. There were multiple points where it just feels like if one little thing would have happened. Now the question, the question I have, which I'm still unclear about where I stand on this. I'm still processing this. Are they criminally liable? 
right? And that's a fascinating yes. question. Right, which because, they're being charged. I, well, I know, apparently they are, but should they be? Because, so, 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 absolutely, was there enabling here? Yes, there was enabling, absolutely. Does enabling qualify as you need to be criminally charged and prosecuted? And there's a part of me that says, I think, yes, this is a good precedent to set, because it will definitely, I would hope, allow uh, um, sort of like push more parents, even gun loving parents to, to be a little more conscious about let's lock the gun away. Let's be careful what we say. On oh. the other on the other hand, on the other hand, you know, I'm raising a, an amazing child. Like if two years from now, for some reason, something crazy traumatic happens in her life and she loses it. And she like, I mean, at what and she does something horrendous, God forbid, at, at what point am I criminally liable for this? Where where do we where do we and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but where where does that we cross that line between um you know parental enabling enabling being a criminal act? And and given that yes, this text is horrible. Don't don't learn to not get caught, which obviously they didn't do a good job of because they got caught. Learn to not get caught searching for ammunition for this gun that you shouldn't have, right? Does that equal we are criminally guilty of these but, deaths? But also, don't you think it's the other text, the don't do it, which signals that they had knowledge that this was in the mind of their son. And maybe I don't know. they even bought mm. the gun because he was feeling bullied at school and i thought hey you can sort of you know show off on instagram that you have a weapon so and you know how to use listen, it listen this is this is all speculation i think there's i think that was a text of i think that was a text of not just i i suspicion this could be my kid but but hope that it wasn't yeah. right i don't I, I i disagree ethan don't do it <laughs> When you hear there's an active shooter at your kid's high school, Ethan, don't do it. Yes. Is I knew what you were planning. Yep. I know this is you. And this is me somehow trying to walk back all my other actions yep. over the past week, specifically, if not years before. Yeah. I don't and know. Before the, the name came out, the dad called 911 heard that there was a shooter and said, I think it's my son. But that's, again, that's different from knowing this was the plan. Uh, I don't, listen, I, again, this is, uh, I think this is me as a, as a parent wanting to give other parents benefits of the doubt. So, but this but is me saying publicly on record reacting. So, their your reaction so, is your, our son did this. So yes, they, of course, they know who they raised, but that's different from, from Shannon's point of, they knew this is what the kid was Lock planning. Lock them up. Lock them up. So no, no, no. So here's here's where I see the difference. I'm not a I am not a legal expert, and I don't know exactly what qualifies for criminally negligent. Right. Right. That is for the prosecutors. I don't know that. Yeah. Where where I see the difference between my general general fear as a mother raising children, being responsible for my children's actions, specifically my teenage children who are irrational at best yeah. in their best moments are batshit crazy, yep. right? Like the idea that I would be responsible somehow for their actions is just horrifying in every way. And, and. Good point. I walk it all back. Right. No. <laughs> and. <laughs> these parents clearly in my mind enabled their son who was not who was planning something bad whatever that was in their mind who bought him a gun and and wanted somehow violence was somehow violent they enabled the love of guns they enabled a consciousness of violence they didn't I, just enable a love of guns they bought him a gun they bought him the weapon in question you so so i to that point yes oh, okay i can concede that point buying a minor 
a, a gun. And I don't know what the laws in Michigan are because you know that's a gun loving state. Your Honor, the prosecution rests. I don't know what the what are the law what are the gun what are the so, gun laws in okay, Michigan? I don't okay. know. So are there stop. gun I mean, laws in Michigan? <laughs> that was implied so in the where, question. <laughs> where I want to be very clear in this, right? So <sighs> where I want to be really clear, Derek and I are um we're a little behind on this, but we are we have watched six episodes of Nine Perfect Strangers. And Love one, I, I mean, I'm loving it. But anyway, one of the storylines, and this is not a spoiler, one of the storylines is that w- some of the people involved have a child that died by suicide. Is this the Nicole Kidman show? Yes, okay. yes, on Hulu. I saw the first episode. And one of the things, like the, the, the last sentence of our topic is discuss the role of parenting in a tragedy. And, and I want to be very clear as we talk about this, that like, a, this isn't just any tragedy, right? This isn't mm-hmm. like my child dying by suicide would be a tragedy. Yeah. And I want to be clear that, you know, it, as a parent, one of the struggles in that has to be, I should have known, I could have prevented, we should have gotten more help. And what is yeah. also comes out in that is that like, often specifically with teenage suicide, by the way, teenage girl suicide rates right now since the pandemic are up 52%, mm. 52%. So this is very real. This yeah. is something we're like need to be talking more about. The reality is, is that as a parent, like we look backwards when a tragedy happens, say, what could we have done? How didn't I see it? But what is also known statistically is that teenagers that survive a suicide attempt say it was a split second decision, like it was it was an attempt and they and by far a majority wish they hadn't done it, right? Yep. This is different than just I, a simple tragedy. I, 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 I agree. <clears throat> I agree, but it also then, so for me, it also brings to mind the others, the other situation of a minor with a gun who killed people, Kyle Rittenhouse, right? And that gun, whose parents should be charged, in my opinion, of a- so this, so this is my question: Why aren't they being charged? Right? Again, again, pe- parents, people, adults who bought a gun for a minor that shouldn't have had a gun. That was probably illegal in that state. Listen. I gotta check the details, but but so so this is this is my thing again, again. I I think you're 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 beginning to sway me, but for me it's it's for me it's the slippery slope argument, right? At what point? At what point do we do we do we draw the line? And I'm saying it's like pornography. We know it when we see it, right? We know it when we see it. Like this is one of those things where I can safely say that very few instances of tragedies are parents actually criminally neg- like you know liable. Sure. And I could say that there are some where it is so vastly clear and and listen, I have not shied away from this. I am anti-gun in every form. I am not anti-gun owners, right? Like I I don't right. hate you because you own guns. I am not okay with them. I really wish we lived in a world where absolutely weapons were not necessary at all. And didn't exist even. And just didn't uh, exist. I'm, I'm leaning towards anti-gun owners myself, but leaning <laughs> that way for Well, while. I, I I'm old. certainly anti this type of gun. Listen, owner. we have listeners in West Virginia, so careful. <laughs> well, I'm I'm certainly this type of anti. I'm I'm anti this type of gun owner, right? I'm anti sure. people buying a gun for their 15 year old. That is not Absolutely. a hunting rifle. That is not a like. Yeah. I, I'm not anti-gun in the way that I like. I'm. I eat beef. You know. I eat. I eat meat. Like I. You would eat venison if someone. We have some in the freezer, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like I'm from Kentucky, but yeah. I don't eat venison. Put it in a roast with a lot of spices. Moonshine oh, and so many mo- spices. Moonshine and venison. Yeah, I that's had some what last the, night. It was good. Show title. The Western households. <laughs> anyway. I think this is a like I really do think this is a longer conversation. Wow. As much as we've talked about gun control, like when it comes to parenting, this is this child in I will just be honest, this child seems to be absolutely a product of his parents. Oh, beyond, beyond, beyond out. And here's my thing: all of our children are products of us. And for better, for worse. For better or worse. And that means we need to really pay attention 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Like I, every and time don't I be, and don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when they turn out the way they turn out. Cause you're right. It's absolutely based on what you've been saying and what you've been modeling more importantly, yeah. what you've been modeling. Cause it doesn't matter what you say, <laughs> children want to watch what you do. And, and, and that's the example they're, they're following again for better or, or for worse. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> the season for Christmas, the season for Christmas celebrates the incarnation or the divine being human. Gregory of Nazianzen. Nazianzen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. Um, a fourth century, I got confused with the other one. Um, the fourth century Archbishop of Constantinople. Um, asserted the, the necessity of affirming the full humanity of Jesus. For that which he has not assumed, he has not healed. Discuss the theological implications of this quote. In Gregory's context of the early church, people struggled with affirming the humanity of Jesus than affirming, affirming his divinity. Has that flipped today? I think we're more open to, to affirming Jesus' humanity. I think yeah. there's a much, much yeah. more uh, willingness to to accept that, and and by extension, accept it for ourselves as as well. So, um, if that's what he's saying with that quote, because I'm just like, I don't know, what is he saying? I don't understand. So, but, wasn't well, this wasn't this said at the Council of Nicaea, and they were arguing about? I actually remember studying this in school. Yeah. Wasn't this said at the Council of Nicaea in like at and and he was arguing for full divinity fully divine well full humanity i mean fully, fully human divine. fully human fully divine yes you said the same thing you said you said the same thing you said fully divinity fully divine sorry <laughs> fully human fully. there was seven percent alcohol I was like, how strong is that yeah, how is that <laughs> and the spear is done and it's gone and and how was the the shot of moonshine you added to i had to beer? i had to drink it quickly because it was disgusting and no it was there it was go. actually a good beer but it was very hoppy and i don't like it so i had to get it out so um, I, I mean i think in like in his context i think the assumption was of course jesus was divine like he's the second person yes. of the trinity but then it was a little more controversial to say he was also fully human Whereas today, I think we're much quicker to say, well, of course, Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth was a figure in history, but it's a claim of faith to say he was also divine, which people would be quicker to argue. So I think it's the it has flipped. Here's the fun part. He was full, he had to be fully human. This is the argument because he was born of a woman. Right. But the problem with that is if he was fully human, all humans are born into sin and Jesus had to be sinless because he was this, he was the son of God. Right. That was that was part of the controversy. Yes. So that was that was that was the that was the 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 the, the issue there with with that. Which is why Mary had to be pure. That's why she had to be pure. And not just uh, Mary. She was the immaculate conception, not Jesus. Not just her, right? She her mother yeah. had to have conceived yeah. without male how far back can we take this thing all the that's way the, right like all that's, the way like this has been happening for centuries Wait, is eve still involved is eve <laughs> i don't think they thought this fully through yeah like there is this reality here of of just like that's the thing that like when when i talk about catholicism with some people that um even people that are former catholics that go to our church i was like well here's some of the differences and i'm laying out some of it and i was like you know we're we're with the like idea that the Holy Spirit conceived Jesus. What we're not with the idea is that like Mary was also conceived by the Holy Spirit, that yeah. Mary was, you know, and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a Catholic belief. Like Mary had to be completely pure and for in, but anyway, but because he was born of woman who is naturally diminished and sinful he had to be he had to be fully human that's that's the argument where it comes from which is so interesting and yet you know there it is and yet i completely agree with it yeah i mean because the idea is that if jesus wasn't fully human he couldn't we couldn't turn to him for whatever it is we need he couldn't identify with our pain our struggle of being human our sorrows but because he was fully human uh, we can trust that God can heal us fully through Jesus. 
or because his mom was Mary and his dad was Joseph and biology. I mean, <laughs> we, we ain't got to make it that complicated. Well, but I think, the, but I think what he's addressing is that if Jesus was not fully human, if he was only this divine figure and he went through the, you know, seemingly mm-hmm. went through a human life, he can't be the Messiah then. I, yeah, then, I am... then, then what did it really matter? yeah like there's then it's just god right like yeah. there's no new thing that happened there's Stop no mes- oh well you're god right there's hurt. no there's no messiah there's no so even even all the exclaimings of a messiah it's a person you know it's and it and it you lose the incarnational form of god then it's just it's just an image that walked around it's just a it wasn't real it needed to be flesh and blood and in order for it to be flesh and blood, it needed to be human. And like, again, I, I agree with him. I don't know. I, I think that we are emphasizing the humanity of Jesus out of necessity, but I don't know that we've flipped him. I don't know that we've gone too far in that direction. You guys no, maybe disagree. No, no, I don't think we've gone too far. I think we've gone the right amount. I think yeah. before it was too far on the divinity side. Yes. I think yeah. I think we're in the right amount now so of, we of may, accepting both. Agreed. Right. Like we may talk about the humanity of Jesus. It, it's more than 50% that I talk about the humanity of Jesus versus the divinity of Jesus. But that's what brings it to center. Is, yeah, that, exactly. is that you lean heavier on the humanity side because the divinity side is is pretty part obvious of, it's part of the it's, faith it's, right it's a, it's like, a given it's a given in the yeah faith. yeah when and asked, we relate what, to the human part right when asked what would jesus do we have to remember that flipping tables and whipping people is a viable option <laughs> you love that you do just saying so i heard i heard and I, and getting hangry which i think was a whole curse in the fig tree <laughs> thing dude was just uh, angry <laughs> That one was rough for me. There was a time period that like that scripture was really hard for me. Um, like anyway, that that was a whole interesting thing. Was but, that like um, cursing the fig tree? Or yeah, yeah. The, like you shall not bear fruit, and you. It was very much like punishment for not for no reason for like right. And I was just like, I'm not okay with God working that way. You know, it's like he um, got but, bad service at the fig tree drive-through, and he's like <laughs> taking it out on the tree. Exactly. Yeah, we had a, we, so Derek and I are, you know, we do these Advent devotions and Lenten devotions um, and the Advent devotion we're doing, um, it's focusing on Elizabeth and Zachariah right now. And she very flippantly in it says like, Zachariah was silenced for, as punishment for not believing that God could do this great thing. And then blah, 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 blah. And both Derek and I are like, really, is that like, the common understanding is that like known is that the way this works i was like i've never really that's what, what i was that's what i was you taught. were taught that yeah like, one we more time not... that when 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 elizabeth was told she would bear you no, know no, john no. the baptist and when... and her husband zachariah is that who you're talking about right zachariah was told oh right he was told that elizabeth told. would would conceive yeah. john the baptist and he was like i don't believe it because she's she's old she's an old woman it's not gonna happen no she's she said he says i am getting on in years i'm paraphrasing and he was yeah, struck yeah. mute we're both old he calls himself it's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah he's like i've been shooting blanks for a while like this is not gonna happen so you want to hear my new and theory like, and, and so like, what was the take that you said that ogan agreed with i missed that so she implied that that w- his silence of, of he was he was made mute he was made mute because until john the baptist was born and that the common reading of that is that that was a punishment yeah. for not his his being mute was punishment right. for not, not believing with god yeah that's and, what and, i was told or that's really? how i read it that's how i yeah. read it I so yeah I what kind of hippy dippy tree hugger literal uh, you know liberal church did you go to? <laughs> uh huh. You want to see it? <laughs> Maybe I just eventually zoned out with it. Um. Well, anyway, okay, that's good to know because she she just like flip, said it flippantly. But I have a new working theory, which is like yeah. apparent. Like my new theory is like Zachariah was maybe a little annoying and needed to be struck mute in order for Elizabeth to like <laughs> get on with it, you know, like she was, she was praying in the background. I think, just, I think shut he, him up. I'm, I'm wondering if like, maybe he recited prayers during <laughs> sex or something where she was like, you know what? 
we're just not going to finish this. And like, <laughs> I really think there was something about him being mute that led to the child that had not happened before. That's my working nice. theory at this point. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, but she wasn't next, really into it before that. Next that's, level. That's my new theory. Um, I mean, he, he could be sexy, I guess, if he would ever shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. God does have a little bit of a history of like, you don't believe me, I'm, I'm I'll show you. <laughs> well, and that I think what part of it, because obviously Derek and I were both raised in evangelical churches and our working theory was that, you know, there's like Sarah was punished for not for laughing at God's, you exactly. know, you're going to have a child, yep. you know, Hannah was punished for saying to God, that's not going to happen. And, and because Zachariah was male, that that wasn't emphasized to us that he was punished he was punished for not believing god like if it had been elizabeth that didn't believe we would have heard that over and over and over again right but you know yeah no my working theory is that everything worked properly with zachariah and elizabeth except for zachariah was annoying so <laughs> that he needed too... to shut down i can't wait to work that into you know a, a sermon at some point you should i'm i'm you're welcome, world. You can yeah. have it. There it is. Keep going with my working theory. Anyway. Wow. Because then it's, he struck mute and then they send him home because he's ill. Like, and that's why he gets sent home. Bad firing. We bring it full circle. Bad it. firing. Bad firing of the, uh, he was, the he holy, was on that Zoom. holy's priests. He was on that Zoom call. Oh, no, but I, I, I think as we, as we go into Christmas time, and I've talked about this on the show, like there's a lot around the Christmas story that we can pick apart on like whether or not we believe it and whether or not it's real and whether or not, blah, blah, blah. and like, I'll be there with you. But the idea of incarnation and the idea of God actually becoming human and having human limitations is actually what keeps me in my faith. It really is. Cause and I would, and, and go. what to that point, it's, it's each and every one of us. That's, that's what keeps me in my faith. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that absolutely. That's who we are. Stop, stop, stop asking about, stop asking God to intervene. We, we're, we're the, we're the incarnated interveners <laughs> is where I am with that. We are. Well, and I, and again, we've said this, like, I would say that differently. Um, I, and I think we underemphasize that we were, humanity was brought in as co-creators with God and that we underemphasize that yes, in agreed. our faith. Agreed. Um, but that's the language I would use is that we were, we were, we were made to be co-creators with God. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say, you know, echo the words of, I think it was Teresa of Avila who said, Christ has no hands, but yours. He has no feet, but yours. He has no eyes to see and look with compassion on the world but yours. And I think that feels to me like a bridge probably between where Shannon and I land and where Ogan is, which is close, yeah, but I'm, not quite. I'm, I'm down with, I'm down with the co-creator thing too. That that's, yeah. that's language that we use in unity a, a, a lot. We, we, we're not just the embodiment of God. We're, we're co-creators. It's, it's, it's that paradox of the both and. Um, so, so that's what we always emphasize to people. Stop, stop focusing on the God outside. Not that, not that there isn't, not that that isn't true, real, or it doesn't exist, but the point is that that it is it is to your point, Brian, in through and as us. We we it is in God. We live, move, and have our being, and it is in us. God lives, moves, and has its being. Ooh, I see what you did uh, as, there as well. Thank you very much. So uh, so yeah, there you go. And where That's I specifically get down with that, as long as it's always a collective. What yes. my big issue was with an upgrade upbringing was that it was a singular yeah. and not a collective yeah and, and unity that is, is the biggest theological difference between me and you know and where... unity is grappling with that now because for so many decades unity is focused on the individual and we're realizing yeah. that that's not served us at all mm. <laughs> god know? doesn't live and dwell and move in me in completion god lives and dwells and moves in us and you know that that's the difference that we've got to keep talking about i'm not like equal in god and co-creation there's still god in my world and then there's us that co-create with god you know um we're 900 on a zoom call that are praying not to get fired <laughs> <laughs>
Woo, way to bring it full circle. Full You're circle. welcome. That is and seen. <laughs> well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT Live to get started. And as always, a big thank you to our current patrons. You can listen to the show anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And our top three cities tuning into the show this week, number three, Boston, Massachusetts. So there you go. Uh, number two, Canyon, Texas. So thank you, Texas listeners. And number one this week, all my friends down in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you all for, for tuning in wherever you find us. And you can watch us live on Tuesdays on Facebook around 4.30 p.m. Eastern, you know, give or take. And if you'd like to start a pub theology conversation or join one in your neighborhood, check out all the uh, information at pubtheology.com. <laughs> and you'll find there an official directory listing uh, hundreds of groups across the country. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Dot clowns, do I need to dot clown? Dot clown, dot clown. Is this his profile photo? Oh, yeah. You know, I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> Wistfully oh, looking off. That was my, that's my, con that's my con contemplative look. Mm. There you go. There you go. You know, just like.